It's the Adam Crowley Show. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my ball. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. March 14th. Tequila Cowboy. It is the great Pittsburgh sports debate. It'll be me. I mean, I'm the only one you want to see. Mark Madden. Now you probably want to see him, too. Stan Saverin. Yeah, him, too. And Mike Pursuta, of course. You're going to want to see him. We're going to be drinking. And we're going to be flanging insults and hot takes at one another. And I want you, my snowflakes, to show up and be my student section. Braden's in. I know we'll have a big crowd. Wear white and carry me on the stage like I'm your god. Because I am. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I think I'm the only one of that panel who likes the great Pittsburgh sports debate. Like Stan and Madden, they've got enough street cred. They don't got to go out to the masses and talk to you people face to face. I know Madden probably looks at you guys as peons. He don't want to deal with you. He's like that Boston radio host, and you're like Tom Brady's kid. He thinks you're all pissants. But for me, I get to see my listeners. I get to see my snowflakes, my people. And I get to drink free beer. And then I'm off on Thursday and Friday because it is the NCAA tournament, and I would like to veg out all day and watch ball. 412-922-2874. That is the topic of one of our... Twitter polls today. Does the NCAA scandal affect you watching the NCAA tournament? Does it diminish your level of interest in the NCAA tournament? 74% of you say no, 26% of you are liars. It does not diminish your interest. You're still going to watch. If you're into it, you're going to keep watching it. You cannot pry yourself away from one shining moment and the net's coming down. You can't. You're lying to yourself if you like college basketball, if you like basketball in general, if you're saying that you're not going to watch it because of these atrocities, which I find hilarious. College basketball is immoral as is because these athletes are doing all the work and these coaches and universities are making all the money. It's already immoral. And you've ignored that for so long. Why should this change anything? 412-922-2874. Braden, our number one snowflake. He tweets, here's a hot take for you. I think March Madness is overrated and basketball is dumb. I actually never watched any March Madness ever. I don't get it. Come on, man. Even if you're a casual sports fan, it's just... It's magic because... Every game is an elimination game. It's like the NFL playoffs, but bigger. And I've always thought that the easiest people to troll are college sports fans. If you really want to piss me off, come after my school. If I want to piss Penn State people off, I know what I'm talking about. If I want to piss Pitt people off, I know what I'm talking about. The fact that they can't sell out their basketball or football stadiums. It's easy to troll people on their sports teams 
as it relates to college because they're so ingrained in you. You paid tuition or you've got family members who attended. You love your schools. So you add that on top of the single elimination tournament, and you've got schools that never win anything in any other athletic events that have an opportunity. George Mason went to the Final Four one year. Last year, South Carolina, they stink at basketball. They've stunk at basketball their entire existence. They went to the Final Four. Should have been West Virginia. Didn't call that foul at the end of the Gonzaga game. Bastards. See? And that's all you'd have to bring up to piss me off. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. It's just ironic to me that people will look the other way for so long about the immorality of the NCAA, and then this is the scandal that's going to make them stop. F that. Just like Hugh Freeze gets fired because he's calling hookers. So what? So effing what? He's calling hookers. No one was going to find out about it if the NCAA didn't find out about it. And is that any more immoral? Going to seek one of those immoral pleasure providers than student athletes, quote unquote, not getting paid while the coaches and administrations get all the money? I don't think so. Nope. It's just weird. It's arbitrary morality. We care about some things because it's fashionable to care about it, but we don't care about other things because it's not as fashionable. Everyone got pissed at Sean White a year after he settled out of court. A year after. Why? Because everyone wanted to be the person yelling at Sean White. I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm not saying he's not a D-bag. I'm not saying he is either. But it was fashionable to criticize him at the end of the Olympics after he won his gold medal, and we had just put it off for a year. What's that say about the people who were criticizing him? I mean, I suppose they could have been ignorant. And I suppose they could not have been paying attention. But I think it was just more fashionable to do it after the gold medal game. And now it's fashionable for those 24% of people to say, Ah, well, I'm not watching the NCAA tournament. Now they've crossed the line. Now they paid the athlete. And now that they've paid the athlete, I can't bring myself to watch. Sidebar. The fact that Sean Miller is paying his athletes and has yet to get to a Final Four is amusing to me. And he's always so sweaty. Now we know why. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Kevin Colbert spoke today at the NFL Combine, he was on with Jerry Dulac and Dale Lawley earlier today on ESPN Pittsburgh. He said Ryan Shazier won't play in 2018. I ask, would you be comfortable ever watching him play? Now, I don't want your opinion on whether or not he should play. Because it's his body. It's his life. He can do whatever he wants. But how do you feel? How would you feel if he was out there on the field? I know I'd be nauseous. I know I would cringe every time he got near a pile. Jay Fitzgerald tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I love what Shazier brings to the team, but I have no interest in ever seeing him play again. Watching someone die on the field is not anything I have interest in. Well, that got morbid. 
But real talk, JF, you probably shouldn't watch football because it's going to happen at some point. It is. You can't adjudicate football out of football. You can try to take headshots away, and good thing that they are, even though it's to serve their own self-interest. But you're never going to take football out of football. Ryan Shazier's play wasn't dirty. There's nothing wrong with it. It was football. Can't take that away from the game. You have to make a basket to score points in basketball. You have to tackle if you're on a defense in football. And people always say, well, hockey's a collision sport. It is. But you can play hockey without the collision. You could. And it would still be some semblance of hockey. But on every single football play, the defense is supposed to put a guy on the ground. And on every single football play, there's guaranteed contact between the line. Eventually, one day, something bad's going to happen to that effect. And it's already happened in lower tiers. We've seen it in college. We've seen it in high school. Hell, Chris Sims almost died because his spleen popped. It's going to happen. So if you don't want to see someone die, you probably shouldn't be watching football. That's not to say everyone who is watching it wants to see that. But you sign up for it. As far as Shazier, I don't want to see it because I don't think I'd be comfortable watching the game. Knowing what he'd gone through. But if he wants to make it happen, and he can make it happen, God bless him and all power to him. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I think the dumbest thing in all sports is comparing one player to another player as it relates to the NFL draft. This dweeb from Wyoming, Josh Allen, the quarterback, completed 56% of his passes and threw the ball to the other team a bunch this year. People are comparing him to Ben Roethlisberger. Well, he went to a smaller school, and he's big, and he's got a huge arm. Okay. If it's Ben Roethlisberger 2.0, then trade every single draft pick you have and try to draft that guy. I saw the other day on the NFL Network a player compared to Tom Brady. He's got a Brady mind. He's got a Manning mind. Well, okay, then he can run my front office and be my quarterback, and we're going to trade every pick we've got to get him. The comp game is stupid, and you've got Ben Roethlisberger on one side of the frame on the NFL Network, Josh Allen on the other side of the frame, and they're showing what their big bodies can bring to the table and how each quarterback can be successful. And it's Roethlisberger in slow motion throwing the ball to Santonio Holmes in the back corner of the end zone, and it's Josh Allen. They didn't let the tape roll the whole way because he probably would have thrown an interception return for a touchdown. They go out of their way to try to dumb it down for fans, and I think that that can actually be a detriment to these young athletes' careers. Josh Allen's on a half screen with Ben Roethlisberger on the other half, and it's slow motion. And Steelers fans around the country are getting erections. And the top five drafters in the NFL draft, all those team executives and fans, they're all getting aroused. And then when the kid doesn't pan out, 
when he winds up being Geno Smith, when he winds up being Jamarcus Russell, everybody says this kid stinks, and they blame the kid. They don't blame the people who drafted him. They don't blame the television execs for firing everyone up. They don't blame the talent evaluators who say, this guy's got a Brady mind. Meanwhile, Joe Schmo football fan in East Kabum Bleep is thinking, oh my God, we just got the next Tom Brady. Stop it. I've been to the combine the last three years. It's the first time I haven't been in a while, and I did five hours of shows. But what we focused on was, let's get this exec to talk to, or let's get this talent evaluator to talk to, or let's get this guy to talk to about the current NFL teams. I'll see it at the draft because that's interesting to me, but all the lead-up just makes me want to throw myself down the stairs. It just drives me crazy. Poor Josh Allen. That guy's not going to live up to that kind of hype. He's not. And it reminds me a lot of Pro Day, or pardon me, of Recruiting Day, National Signing Day in college sports, where these kids get podiums and they stand up there and they have all these different hats. And it's not the kid's fault. It's the fault of the people who put that attention on the kid. And then the kid gets promised that he's going to play from day one. And he can't. Because there's other starters there. And he's disappointed, and you call him a quitter. He doesn't live up to expectations, or he acts like a jackass, and you blame the kid when, in reality, you've inflated the ego. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I had some big takeaways from last night's game. Number one, that Michael Grabner had about 15 breakaways, and Derek Broussard did next to nothing, so I think the Penguins made a mistake firing Ray Shiro. Really, the biggest takeaway I had was you can't give up 38 shots and expect to win. I realize the Penguins had 38 shots, but I think Mike Sullivan's criticism following the game was perfect, spot on. We were trying to outscore them. We weren't trying to outplay them. F that. The Penguins are good enough that if they play good, clean hockey, they're going to beat people. So these final 19 days or 18 games now it is, Work on the process. Work on the process of playing good hockey, and you'll be fine. They'll be fine. Because when you trust the process, hashtag TM, and you've got the talent the Penguins have, you're going to win. More times than not. Also, I think it's a misnomer that the Penguins are now just going to all of a sudden start rolling four lines. They're not. Brownie played 401, Kuhnhockel 431, Riley Shane played 947. They were chasing the game in the second period, I suppose, but that's pretty early to say, eh, we're not going to roll four lines when you're down a goal. And I thought that now the Penguins had four legit centers, so we'd see them roll those four lines. Didn't happen. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I thought Mike Sullivan had an interesting thing to say when discussing Matt Hunwick being on the goal on the ice for a goal against. 
When asked about the Paul Mary goal, Mike Sullivan said there are six players on the ice, not five. I think that would be pointing out that the goaltender didn't do his job there. Casey DeSmith did let in two softies last night. He's a fine goaltender. He's small, but he still finds a way to stop a lot of pucks. I'd rather see Tristan Jari in there, even though he struggled against Florida, because he's got pedigree. And I'll take pedigree 10 times out of 10. More on the pens coming up next. Rob Rossi of the Trib is going to make you not feel as great about the Penguins' chances. We'll do that when we come back. You're listening to The Crowley Show. He's not the brightest guy in the room, but he is the cheapest. I love Lamp. I love Lamp. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Just saw this headline on Business Insider. People are threatening to boycott dicks after it pulls guns. Well, I suppose it would keep them from procreating. It's in vogue right now to talk a lot of hockey. That station across the street tends to avoid hockey until this time of the year. We don't. Uh, I talk a lot of Steelers, of course, during Steelers season, but we always found time for hockey, and we are continuing to talk about hockey now. That is one thing you will not be disappointed in, is the hockey talk on this show, and I feel like the hockey talk in this building kicks hockey talk's ass outside of this building. Sorry, not sorry. Madden obviously knows his shiz. Pursuta, Stan, they're good too. So is this guy. Joined now by Rob Rossi from the trip. Rob, you pissed off all of Pittsburgh, and I like that. And it wasn't the hottest of takes coming from Rob Rossi. Did I? I, I guess I'm, I'm unaware of it. I guess I've done this so often now, but I'm just unaware when it happens. I think you're back. <laughs> I think you're the ice cream man again. Yeah, okay. Well, why? Why? Because I dare suggest there are 12 good teams in the NHL, and it, and it, might, be, it might be hard on the Penguins to three-peat. That's exactly it. And I think it's a great take. I think that the Eastern Conference in particular is a lot more hard, a lot more difficult to navigate this year than it was last year. I agree, Adam. You know, and I, as I wrote in the column, too, that's at triblive.com for everybody to read, is that I think the Penguins are the most complete team. I think they're the best team. I think you have to give a ton of credit to. You know, David Morehouse for presiding over this turnaround that, that, you know, started with getting rid of people, bringing new people in. And, you know, they've built this into a, a real nice thing. You know, as Jonathan Bomboli put in his trip story today, they pretty much got their nucleus locked up for the next three or four years. So uh, this thing isn't going to slow down anytime soon. I just kind of get the feeling it might not be their year. And that's easy to pin just on the historical precedent, but just look at what New Jersey's doing without arguably New Jersey's most significant player yes. in its goaltender. Look at the Flyers' run. This isn't a hot month for the Flyers. This has been three months of really good hockey. When you look at Toronto when Austin Matthews is healthy, Tampa Bay you know, started so hot, couldn't keep up that traffic. Look, Boston is a great team this year, if it gets um, Patrice Bergeron healthy, that's a formidable team. The Penguins had their two 
toughest opponents in rounds one and two last year. But I think the difference this year is almost every one of the teams they would have to play, including if they get to the Stanley Cup final, has in the season improved significantly. Now, so have the Penguins, but there's only so much improvement you can make when you are the champions two times in a row. This is a testament to how good the league is, not a denouncement of the Penguins. No, and you're absolutely right about that, and that's why if people are getting pissed off, they shouldn't be because the league right now is looking good, and you know what I love about it, Rob, and this is something I'm going to get to coming up in 15 minutes here on the show. I think the Penguins have kind of changed the way that the league plays. Uh, talk about all those teams right now that you've mentioned. They're all playing fast hockey, scoring hockey, skilled hockey, and I've loved the product this year. Goal scoring is on an uptick. What the hell happened to this league? Well, look, it, it happens in every league, right? Look at the NBA. Uh, the, the Golden State Warriors became a team that you know could fire the ball from anywhere while playing efficient defense, and so now every team had to keep up with that. Um, Look at how the New England Patriots changed the league with the, the, the short passing game. Um, it used to be teams ran the ball. Now it's very much a, a short pass as a run. So, you know, credit the Penguins for doing that. And when you are the, the standard bearer, all you can do is allow teams to try to match that. Uh, let me say this, too, Adam. The people are probably upset because they know this is true. I have always found that when people get the most upset about something that I or anybody writes, It's because it's true. And I think if you're a Penguin fan watching this team this year, you have seen situations where opponents who didn't look as fast have looked faster. Opponents who didn't look as deep have looked deeper. That's the area I notice most. It's not just the speed. A lot of these teams could match the Penguins sort of one line for one line, but the Penguins were able to roll four. There is depth. When you look at the Winnipeg Jets, they arguably have a deeper group of forwards yes. than the Penguins. When you look at the – it's easy to look at Marc-Andre Fleury because we all love him when you look at the Vegas Golden Knights. But they are so fast and so skilled, and there's not just one guy you can shut down. Um, if you look at the teams that we've traditionally come to expect to be good – the Washington Capitals, the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think less of them right now. I mean, when I said there were seven teams that could win the Stanley Cup, neither one of them were in that mix. I mean, I think I ended up considering Washington just because you have to, but I don't really think Washington can win the Stanley Cup. I don't think Columbus is going to make the playoffs, and the reason is they're not as fast. They're not as deep. The Penguins have forced teams to reevaluate how they build their rosters. And because of that, it's going to be harder for the Penguins to win it this year than it was the last two years, even if they remain healthy. Uh, Again, that's part of the reason teams don't three-peat, is the league gets two full years to catch up. Another is, look, this Penguin team, Adam, as great as it looks up front, I have some questions about their defensive depth, not about who's the fifth and sixth defenseman, but who's the seventh and eighth, because you're going to need them. I mean, we saw last year, you're going to need. If you count Chris Letang not playing in the playoffs last year, they basically needed to play nine defensemen throughout the course of a two-month playoff run. Who are their seven, eight, nine right now? 
Chad Ruedel and a couple of guys from Wilkes-Barre. You're 100% right about that. Rob Rossi joining me here on the Crowley Show. Rob, the Flyers in particular scare me. I do think the Penguins are the better team, but I'm terrified of them, I think, because I still have post-traumatic stress disorder from 2012. Yeah, probably. I, look, I, I actually think if the Penguins and Flyers play in a seven-game series, the Penguins will win it pretty quickly, probably five games. That team last night, that should scare you. Yes. That Devils team, um, they would – I actually think within the division of the teams that could make the playoffs, I, in a way I think the Penguins and Capitals are destined to do hard-fought six, seven-game series sort of like the Joker and Batman are destined to do it. But I also think it's it's usually going to go – it's pretty much going to go the Penguins' way. The Devils would scare me because they have the type of goalie – again, he wouldn't play last night, but they have the type of goalie when healthy that can steal you that second win in a playoff series. And, and Adam, I've said this to people for years. It's a misnomer. A goalie, a hot goalie can win you a series. That's the wrong way of looking at it. I was talking with Tom Fitzgerald of the Devils yesterday – former assistant GM here is the assistant GM in New Jersey. We were talking about this, and we were saying, a hot goalie steals you the second win. It forces you to only have to get really two wins on your own. That's what the hot goalie does. Because if you go into a series thinking, well, my goalie might win me a game. And we're going to lose one anyhow because sweeps are very rare. Right, right. So if you only have to win two because your goalie steals you that one, that's what a hot goalie does. So the Devils have that potential. And as you saw last night, they can keep up with the Penguins. I think the Penguins would beat them, but I think it's probably a seven-game series. I think the Penguins would win it. I think they'd be comfortably ahead throughout the series, but you know, you don't want to play too many of those, uh, and especially when you've played, what, three of them already over the past two years. Um, uh, it's a, uh, it's going to be hard this year. It, it can be done. And let me say this, Adam. I think they're better poised or better positioned. These Penguins, I think, are better positioned than were any of those teams other than the 93 Penguins, who were a superior team in terms of talent but had some weird things happen to them with Lemuse Hodgkin's disease and, 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 and whatnot. But this team certainly has a shot to do it. I'd make them the betting favorite. I just think we could have a surprise champion this year because I do think there are seven to twelve teams that, with the right break, could could put this thing away. Well, and that's just that, right? In hockey, I think maybe more than anything in any sport, you really need to have things break your way. I talked about oh, it the yeah. other day. The Penguins go back to two thousand and nine. They're down 2-0 in that series to the Capitals. That game goes to overtime. If Washington mm-hmm. puts the puck in the back of the net, Penguins don't win the Stanley Cup that year. Yeah, Washington they, gets they, up had three a, they had an overtime win in Game 5 in Washington where Crosby and Malkin came down to the 2-on-1, and they passed it to the point where it, they kind of overpassed their way into a goal. <laughs> right. I mean, look, every team needs to be lucky. That, and that's not a – again, that's not a knock on the team. I mean, no. What if the, what if the Penguins last year had – you know, what if Mark Andre Fleury's, you know, handle hadn't seen the knob of his stick hadn't stopped that shot? You know, they might lose Game Seven. You know, what if, what if Mark Andre Fleury had been traded before the, you know, before the playoffs? I mean, and you know, the year before, geez, there were so many. Um, look, two years ago, Adam, the Penguins won the Stanley Cup in a dominating fashion. They were 
all over teams except for the Capitals. Against the Capitals, the Capitals were probably the better team in that series. And the Penguins won it. You could look at the Penguins' run in 2016 and say, their luck came against the Capitals in that early in yes. that series when the Capitals were dominating games. The Penguins found a way to win it. And you know what? The same have. thing happened in the Stanley Cup Final, where Nashville outplayed them for the first two games, and yet Pittsburgh right. was up exactly. 2-0. Exactly. Exactly. Every team that's ever won that trophy has needed fortune. And, to, and, and I don't think any team avoids bad luck but you would need to avoid disastrous yes. bad luck. And when you have a lot of deep teams, when you have a field like this one, the thing to keep in mind is this. Start looking at the tactical advantage, right? And the tactical advantage for the Penguins might come down to this. They're obviously the best at center depth, which is vital. And their top four defensemen rival anybody's. And even if everybody's facing the, everybody's worried about the defensive depth or if I'm the only one, no matter, this might be a real simple thing. This year, they have Matt Murray. Last year and the year before, they had Matt Murray and Marc Andre Fleury. And that might be it. That might be it. Can Matt Murray stay healthy enough for them to win? And I don't know if we know the answer to that. So anybody that thinks that the Penguins are the best team, yeah, they are. But their biggest question mark right now is the health of their guy that's going to play the most important position. And that's a giant question mark. Rob, this is probably unfair to put on you as the final question because we've only got a couple of minutes left. But I asked this on Twitter today. Would you ever be comfortable watching Ryan Shazier play football again? Because I'm rooting for him, obviously, and I want him to play if that's what he wants. But I think that I would cringe every time he got near the football. I'm not comfortable watching a lot of guys play football. That's I mean, fair. if we're being honest, I mean, I, you know, I, I cringe every time I see a lot of things on that field. I mean, every time Ben Roethlisberger gets hit as big as he is, I, you know, to be honest. I, I'm the same way when I watch Sidney Crosby and Vinnie Malkin play hockey. Um, you know, and, and, and so with Shazir, I, I'm not afraid to say this, Adam. I know the, the temptation is to, you know, let's hope he plays again. I'm, I'm hopeful he gets healthy enough to have the option and chooses not to do it. That's probably where I fall on that as well, Rob. Hey, appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks so much. All right, man. Hey, listen, just let the people know they may dislike me, but, well, who are they? They're the snowflakes. Up next, I wrap up the show very quickly because I forgot we're out at 645 today. It's Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Army basketball is coming up next. I forgot. Tim Benz tomorrow. Peace out, bitches. It's the Crowley Show.